and gents, we are back for another edition of the Go Long Show here at Go Long, golongtd.com, powered by you, our readers, our listeners. We cannot thank you enough for all of your patronage. And of course, when it comes to the beverages of choice, we go to our friends at Fatty Beer Company here in Western New York, Orchard Park, Hamburg, Tonawanda, Kenmore. They're all over the place. Downtown, of course. We, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of these podcasts live at the Fatty establishments, and it was a lot of fun. Honestly, selfishly, it was a lot of fun because we got to hang out in person. But hey, we have to listen to our loyal Go Long subscribers and podcast subscribers, and they said they prefer this setting, Jim, because it sounds clear. We have new mics; it's a better setup. So I think that's what we're going to keep doing. And you know what? We'll just get together in person on our own time. <laughs> I think that was well said, doing, Tyler. Well said. Um, it was very fun at Fatty Beer. It always is a good time there. But it was. It does sound a little bit better. So, yes. Um, and good to see you again. What's been happening? How are the Bills doing? Life is good. Uh, we're going to get into the Bills. That's going to be the theme of this podcast. A little uh, state of the Bills union of sorts into week seven of this pro football season. But, you know, life's good. I was down in Houston, Texas this past week trying to um, get a read on a lot of things. And and we're going to have more on the Texans that go along over the coming weeks. But the quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, it's just so fascinating to to both of us and Josh Lucas. He kind of got me thinking about this story as well and offered just amazing insight into all three quarterbacks for that story. But as, as you know, Jim, I mean, when you pick a quarterback, it's going to go one of two directions, right? Promotions and immortality and Super Bowl championships and parades and legacies forever or potentially pink slips. And I just I, I love your perspective, Josh's perspective, as you've been in that room, right? You studied Patrick Mahomes, who may go down as the greatest player of all time when it's all said and done. It's a possibility. Uh, I'm just so fortunate to be able to talk about football, talk about quarterbacks with you both. Uh, But yeah, spending time down in Houston, sitting down with Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, plucked from the Shanahan tree. That This guy's going to be a head coach one day. Unbelievably bright. You just get a sense talking to somebody like Bobby Slowick. Press Taylor is another one, OC with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'd say they're like Dan Pitcher, quarterbacks coach with the Cincinnati Bengals. Some of these coaches, they just get it, right? It's not like they're not just calling a play and saying, all right, players run the play. Like there's answers baked into these plays. There's actual game planning. There's there's nuance. There's, uh, as Press Taylor said, getting up at 615, staying up till 1030 to just try to find something, to give your guys a clue, a tell in the moment that they can use like Trevor Lawrence used against the Buffalo Bills. Micah Hyde, one-on-one with Calvin Ridley, game on the line, send him deep. Uh, I, don't, just, I, I just thought it'd be good to do a, a deep dive on those rookie quarterbacks to kind of see what direction it's going to go. Because when you turn in that card to Roger Goodell, that's only the start. Learned a lot on C.J. Stroud. Learned a hell of a lot on Bryce Young. Talking to some sources out there with the Carolina Panthers. Um, as they told us, there's people in the organization quite disturbed by Frank Reich's offense, and it is exactly the other end of the spectrum. Simplicity, calling a play, running the play, not really maximizing what Bryce Young does best, while also asking him to set all the protections, call all the hots, right? They're throwing, it's just so counterproductive with what they've been doing with Bryce Young when, hell, you mortgage so much for him. And then there's Anthony Richardson, right? I mean, this is a freak show. This is something we maybe have never seen at the position uh, but there's a fine line there. How much do you just let him go? He exited three games with injuries, and, and now he's going to have season-ending shoulder surgery. So definitely check this story out. Was down there for that. As always, though, Jim, whenever we take a trip at Go Long, there's going to be some travel stories. And I need to ask you a very, very important question. So I don't really – you know, I'll, I'll, I like renting a car because you're in control. So if I know I'm going to be like, you know, when we went to Florida, did a bunch of Jaguar stuff and drove across the, the state to Tampa, so you need a car. But I knew my hotel in Houston was near 
uh, NRG Stadium, formerly Reliance Stadium. And I could just walk there, you know, get a little exercise in. So I just, I, I did lifts. You know, if I had to go beyond that walk to, to get lunch or work at a Starbucks, just, just doing the lifts. Then of course, there's the lift that you take to the airport. So had two very, very unfortunate lift situations. One, from Starbucks to the hotel. So it was just like a $5 lift. It was very, very abbreviated, short. I'm gonna throw, what, what, what is the worst situation to you? Is it A, that short trip where the lift driver, I think his name was Jaskin, Jaskin with the J, I believe, um, clearly just let one rip like right before I got in the lift. I mean, it was awful. You can stop. Vi violent. You're going to have a you're going you're gonna to have to come with a lot more to beat that. That's unacceptable for me. Go ahead. I mean, it was like cover up your nose instantly. That kind of gas. It, it was rough. rough. I mean, he, he, he kind of gave me a look like, oh, shit. Like he didn't he, just just hold it in. But he didn't. Hmm. It was bad. But it was a short trip. Right. It's just like we're talking yeah. two and a half miles. Right. So, but it was, it was, it was pretty, pretty rough. He didn't get a tip. I'll just, just say that, you know, when you just, you know, rip a fart right before you make somebody up in a lift, you're not going to get a tip. tip or yeah. the 25 minute lift from the hotel to Javi airport. Now. Okay. So it's longer. Also, it was a three. 3.30 a.m. lift to catch my flight super mm -hmm. early. Pre-coffee, so there's no coffee at the Spring Hill Suites. So, you know, you don't, you're not, I'm, I'm, you're kind of like in that ornery, groggy fog pre-coffee anyways. You know, and, and you know you're staring down the barrel of a TSA weight and all the nonsense you have to put up at the, at the airport with the imbeciles at the gate. And it's just, you know, there's going to be a line for the coffee at the airport. So there's a lot of, as, as Sammy Watkins said, when you wake up in the morning, there's there's like almost a demonic feeling inside of you. There's some there's some kind of presence that you got to shake off. You feel that in the morning at three thirty, pre coffee. So you get into that lift. It's longer, and you're feeling that way. And she couldn't have been nicer. I'll say that. Grandmother, probably in her seventies, just doing her deed. Just five star ratings across the board, but. You're in this fog. You don't really feel like talking. You haven't had your coffee yet. And she's literally rifling off the information on all of her surgeries that she's had over the past five years, about four or five surgeries with meticulous detail, right? Just a, a lot of, a lot of information, a lot of conversation coming at you hundred miles an hour. And it's hard to keep up. You know, I'm a friendly person. I like, I like talking to people. It's my job, but it was, that was kind of rough in its own way. So would you prefer the short trip with the stench? That's a, I guess that's the way to frame the question. Which would you prefer? The short trip with the stench or the long trip with all the detail about all the surgeries? Ah, so it's, you know, it's a mentally exhausting conversation to have at that time of the day. I have an amazing skill to tune people out. So I will, I would have no issue with the long ride and the surgery list. And I'm okay with that. We'll find a way to get through that. I'm good on the other one. That's wrong. It's unacceptable. And Tyler, I'm a former Uber Lyft driver. I did it did for, oh, I did this after the bills, um, after we were let go. And as you're looking for jobs and figuring things out in life, uh, down in Charleston, South Carolina, where it's beautiful, the tourists, it's year-round tourism. So Uber Lyft is, is a pretty good job down there. So I always wanted to try it. And because I do like driving and I love Charleston. I, you know, I know a lot about it. So I thought I'd be, I had a great time with it. Um, and I'm pretty That's proud amazing. of my ratings. I'm documented. I have documented ratings on Uber and Lyft 5.0. Thank you. Um, but I will say this, Tyler. I do think people, you know, as you say, you get into conversations and people would ask sometimes, you know, what did you used to do? Or you do this full time? I said, no, you know, I used to work in the NFL. And that's when I think 
sometimes on some of those rides, I would tell some stories just like on the pod, possibly. I think people would get out of those cars and think that guy is on something. <laughs> there is no way that we should not have been listening. There is no way that guy worked in the NFL. What's he doing down here on Folly Beach, South Carolina, driving around with the Super Bowl ring? With the same. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, you did probably make out pretty, pretty damn good in Charleston. Uh, Tyler, I will always tell you, I always feel safe knowing that Uber and Lyft are there for me if things don't work out professionally. I like it. You know, the thing is, there's social cues, right? So you're, you're driving the Lyft and the Uber. So you would pick up on these social cues, I'd imagine. But with the only thing I'll add, and I think I'm with you, I, I would I would prefer the long drive because she was a nice woman. It's yeah, hard yeah, you're getting a good thrill right. of her. A couple surgeries, I'm good. Yeah, you know, but they were like, I should say, they were very like minor surgeries, almost like cosmetic. Like she admitted I, did, I didn't even really need these kind of surgeries. Yeah. Um, but she had insurance and she just kind of just wanted to have them, I suppose, to maybe. <laughs> but I was giving her the, the conversation fillers, right? Like the yeah oh my god that's crazy you know it was a cycle the of usual. those phrases mm -hmm. and she wasn't really picking up on it she wasn't picking up on the fact that i was a, a zombie she, like she took that as like i'm i'm intimately engaged but i'd imagine you would kind of know like this person i'm picking up like they want to have a conversation or you know they just want to you know put their head against the window and space out no, you do. You have to. You have to read the. You have to read the customer. But I can tell you, Tyler. You know it's true though. If you really want to hurt, like the not tipping thing is is just. It's you did the right thing there. Like that's fine not to tip on that. But I will. If you give a four star, that hurts. Like Ooh, I've never done that. That's what I'm saying. Like that hurts. Like that can hurt your ratings worse because you do get eventually. I think there is a rating, you know, system and all that. But I know as a as a driver or as a rider, I should say, we used to play a game in Buffalo in our in the office, and I would call it in everybody and have everybody pull out their phones, and everybody had to pull out their Uber rating, and whoever had the worst rating had to buy whatever pizza that night or whatever, you know, something a group thing. Lowest rating, you know, the, the, so I didn't realize, but I had like a 4.85, I think as a rider, I had a bad rookie year, Tyler. I feel like when Uber first came out, I think I was canceling rides accidentally. You know, I didn't know what, I think I was messing up some things. I didn't purposely try it, but apparently I wasn't getting good ratings as a rider. And I've, that since has climbed and I take pride in it. So. You got me thinking here now myself. I'm at uh go ahead, check it out. I'm not, I'm not perfect. So maybe the joke's on me, right? Well, hey, two sides to every story. <laughs> I can't. I'm I'm illiterate with this. I, th I think I'm like 4.9. So at some point that's, I must have pissed somebody up. All right. Anyway. So all we right, can, take, we can talk about this all, or we can talk a little a little football. That was uh, our travel. Yeah, that was our travel segment. But it was fun. It was productive. You know, we had the quarterback story. I also uh, oh, chatted with yeah. Nico Collins, wide receiver, who's a rising star. I, he's he's been incredible so far this season. So I think you'll really enjoy his story. I and just I chatted watched. with uh, Jerry Hughes, somebody that you know well. He's down with the Texans. So Man, all time column on him. All time, one of my all time favorites. Being around him, they you have made such improvements. D'Amico Ryan's. It's amazing when a team buys into a coach and let's not kid ourselves and the quarterback is playing like an NFL starter, this is what happens. Now, now you're seeing, I, you know, it, it, we could talk about this with a lot of teams because I watched Bryce young this week. I just graded him. Uh, so I was, I was excited. I wanted to see how he looked today and Tyler, he still looks the same to me. He didn't grade very well. Like they did some better things with him. I'm, you know, I know Josh said it, Josh Lucas said it on the pod about the size. I guess what I'm confused about with the whole size, and he does, he, he does, he, he plays small. And I didn't study him at Alabama, but that he was, that was all, that was talked about up the whole draft. Like, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is that can't be, that can't be coming up right now. I, I think we're a little more advanced to say we're a little, he's a little smaller than we think. I, 
I'm not buying that. As far as I'm saying from Carolina, he does play small, and he probably played small at Alabama. Maybe you ignored it. I just don't think that can be the out for Alabama. I, I don't and, – and I know they changed up the play calling. It did look better. It looked, it looked functional. But then again, we're going to get into this. They were going against a defense who's not very good. So Miami. So I want to make sure we, you know, let's not get, but you'd like to see Bryce Young have a little more, but they did have some success early, but you'd like to see more sustained success, put up some yards. You're getting blown out. Where are the chunk plays? Give me some, there's always those, you know, those, once you're getting blown out, you get back in the game with some big plays. They fight for everything right now. Um, to follow up on the Stroud, you did, I read all that You're it was fun talking about and seeing his progression with Josh Lucas as well. And just seeing Stroud just throwing darts out there. Like we talked about. And then Josh too. Man, his analysis is fantastic. On Stroud was just so good. I just love the way he's throwing the football. Just he sees everything. He's so natural throwing the ball. Um, and then Richardson, we talked about it. It was, I was excited to see more of him, how they were going to use him, but it goes back to, it's hard to invest that type of pick on a quarterback whose number one thing is running. And you better find a way to mix in running, but you can't make that his number one way for your offense to be good. That's all I'm going to say about it. Like, I feel bad. I, I was really excited to see him develop this year because he was showing signs of – the first thing he showed was no fear. Yeah. Yeah, man, I it's – Cam Turner, so he's the uh, Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks coach. Chatted with him for a while for the story, and you really get the sense. I mean, they are ecstatic. You have to with be. what Anthony Richardson could become, and I think that is it's coming from a place that they know he's going to work. He is going to spend the necessary time in the offseason to improve his accuracy, to become more of a pocket passer. But they also don't want to take away what he what makes him special, right? They'll, they'll be the designed runs. They're, they're going to the let him line. just go. It's the fine line. And the more, the more film you watch and the more just, just forget film, just football in general, the more games you watch, just pay attention to design quarterback runs versus just the off the cuff quarterback making a play in the backyard. And I swear, just let those guys do their thing. The design runs, I cringe. Most of the time when there's a design run, I cringe. Really? Unless it's a quarterback draw, because usually that's design because you caught them in a defense, so you know you got something good. It, it, and Bryce Young, too. Yeah, it, it, it's an issue, his size. I, I think that Carolina, is, no, they, they are – so the person I talked to in the organization, I'll just say he's higher up, and – they're confident that Bryce Young is going to be fine. Okay, they, they, they know he's short, but they, they say he's even reading the field fine as is right now, going through his progressions. But as Josh Lucas pointed out, okay, there's two parts to this. There's that. Maybe you can see the field fine. But also, when there's pressure, like, are you a Lamar Jackson who can just – turn into this electrifying juking Barry Sanders creature to evade the rush? Are you Josh Allen, Ben Roethlisberger, just kind of throwing them off, you know, shucking guys away? What's like, he's, he's slithery and he, he was able to get away from pressure at Alabama, but that's a different defensive lineman that you're facing in college versus what you're facing in the pros. I mean, these D linemen, are physical specimens across the board defense in general tyler it's i learned it quick with reggie bush in new orleans when we drafted perfect him. perfect example that's right? what i said that's when i i i was still young enough in the nfl i'm sure every i'm sure the veteran scouts in the nfl probably had concerns that reggie wasn't gonna you know it, it doesn't necessarily just translate like that but that was my first like man, he has to work hard to gain extra yards. Like even Reggie has to be special to gain 10 yards, you know, and make a guy miss. It's that hard. So, yeah. But Bryce you know, Young's arm looks – that's one thing I can't 
right now for me that I'm bothered with is the arm strength. Balls are dying. Right? The arm strength. See, that's it's, a that's an element to this game that I didn't really I, get into. Right. I see balls dying. You're seeing guys laying out for Adam Thielen's laying out for eight yard outcuts. I mean, balls aren't, you know what I'm saying? They're fighting for yards right now. And that might just be a part of everything's going wrong. And it's why I tell you, I really try not to be too hard on rookies. I want to see the positives. Like, I like what I saw from Richardson. I love what I'm seeing from Stroud. I want to see it from Bryce Young. I'm not seeing arm strength. He just looks like a guy trying to get through a game right now and compete. He's fighting right now. Jordan Love, too. Jordan Love, you guys have talked. I don't want to talk about him anymore, but yeah, same same deal. I'm not judging him all this year. I mean, I, we see the good. They have to keep building. They're doing some good things on offense. They're not. They're not. They're not that far behind. He's got. He's going to have to make plays. They all do. They all have to get better. I think if you're Carolina too, like there, 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 there's a there's a hypothetical here where I can see Bryce Young being a top twelve quarterback in no 2024. Question. I mean, they they he had to see get there, but there's a lot of steps. Like they need to get Austin Corbett back at guard. They're really high on him. They need Zavala, the rookie fourth round pick, to 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 be a player. They need to sign another interior lineman, like Josh Lucas said. Those Drew Brees teams that you guys were scouts for, all started with the guards, the depth of pocket, right? If you've got a pocket, then you don't have to worry about shooting you guys up. The difference that I noticed with uh, Brees, Bryce Young, and and when I watch Purdy, Purdy is more like Brees than Bryce Young is like Brees, as far as similar sizes. But what I'm watching is the the what Purdy's doing is fun. Like he is, he's throwing guys open. Like that is a skill that when you see that, that's what Breeze used to do. When you're throwing guys open, yeah, it that's masterful, I think. Um, and Bryce that's Young's what CJ Stroud's doing too. No question, Stroud's doing it. So that's that's when you see that's to me is when you see guys are they're get they're getting it like early, and they're talented. And Purdy seems plenty talented, by the way. Like, if, I'm I'm not a believer anymore. I'm over all the. I've seen enough to know same, now. That, same. Yeah, over it. They should have beat Cleveland, Tyler. We're making a big deal about that game. They literally missed a field goal, right? Totally. He, and okay. Purdy came alive that last drive, right? Like he had nine completions up to that point, and then he Bad put weather. them in position to win the game. Right. Northeast weather, you know, Midwest weather, whatever Cleveland is, and. There's Purdy with everybody doesn't have an arm, blah, blah, blah. He's fine. That team is so locked and loaded. It's it's insane how good they are. All in on Brock Purdy. I agree. And obviously, I've been skeptical, cynical of how Kyle Shanahan has kind of navigated the quarterback position. But you can see it. For what he wants to do schematically, it matches up with Brock Purdy's strength as a decision maker. It's funny to me to think. I don't know. There's a lot funny about that and the whole Purdy thing. But I looked at his college stats at Iowa State compared to Drew Brees' college stats at Purdue. And it was similar where they had the four-year careers, the crazy numbers. Pur- Purdy's were better, but, you know, times have changed. But um, but same, it just it just made me think. That's Bre- I mean, that's Brees. That, that just that nat- Brees is a good athlete, too. Like, he can move yeah. around in the pocket. I mean – and Purdy does good, and, and he didn't need the elite tackles because no. he just wanted to step up into the pocket, right? Yeah, they know where they're going up. with the ball, Tyler. They know where they're going with the ball. Mm-hmm. They know where they, they they know how much time they need to get that ball. I think Bryce Young knows where he's going too, so that would give you a little hope. Yes, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't comment on that yet. It's they're fighting. Like I hate for a rookie now they're switching play callers. You know what I mean? It's like I I ugh, I don't like any of that for that for Bryce Young. Pressure's on in Carolina. David Tepper has made that quite clear. Mm. Jobs are on mm. the line. Well, he made final note on the Texans, though, because we got to get into the Bills, too. Um, yeah, real quick. I tell Tepper, you what, though. standing in that Texans locker room and looking around, Jim, he, you know, all offseason, we spent a lot of time talking about a lot of teams and a lot of players. I don't even know if the Houston Texans came up at all, so shame on us. But you look around this room, veterans. Guys who've won games, Sheldon Rankins, Robert Woods, Shaquille Griffin, um, Denzel Perriman, Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz. All tough, 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 tough. Like they've got vets. 
They 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 were active in free agency. Like they signed players. Good bang for the buck too across the board. Uh, Jerry Hughes, right? I mean, and then you they were aggressive on draft day. CJ Stroud at number two, Will Anderson at number three. By the way, Will Anderson looks like a player. I don't care what the sack total is. He is getting wow. pressure. Right. Press Taylor made a point to uh, point him out as well. Like the, the, this guy's legit. Showing up. I yeah, I think that the Texans are a team we're going to be talking about this point forward. They, they're they're good. So our Buffalo Bills. Uh, okay. Two ways to look at this, Jim. They're four and two. They're four and two. They won. I know where you're going. I'm going for you. I'm coming hard front office view on this one. Go ahead. You're coming at it. We we texted a little bit, like <laughs> so. I'm jumping the gun, but it's get your win, get out, make no apologies, and to an extent, I'm there with you. I am. I even wrote this in, in the column on Monday, like make no apologies. You, it's it's hard to win in the NFL. It just is. Like there's a reason that. After one of his players, Taron Johnson, probably held Darren Waller. On that last play, Sean McDermott is still pointing to God emphatically and thanking the Lord above for the victory. Because the Lord above is deciding who wins and loses football games. But there's a reason he's that emotional, because it's hard to win. It's hard to win. Uh, Nobody's good. Like, you know, like weeks, years from now, nobody's going to look back and be like, well, Actually, Tyrod Taylor checked to a run the last play of the first half, and they they missed those three points, and then those three points could have come in handy down the road. Or actually, Jalen Hyatt caught a 43-yarder in the first half, and that was a bogus illegal man downfield penalty on Evan Neal. And actually, Bobby Okereke, you know, he gently touched Josh Allen. It really wasn't roughing the path, like unnecessary roughness, whatever they call it. Nobody's gonna remember any of that, or the Taron Johnson thing uh, on Darren Waller. It's it's gonna be that they won. So I I, I get it. I guess uh, I'll, I'll touch on my point, and then we'll let you talk because you're the expert here. You actually have been in front offices. Your opinion matters more. I'll just say like covering the Packers, and then and then covering the NFL and seeing teams like yes, it's a it's a long season. All teams have ups and downs. All teams have to kind of figure themselves out over time. I'm a little concerned for the Buffalo Bills right now. I'm a little concerned because of the injuries. Matt Milano, Tredavious White, uh, Daquan Jones. Like these are, you're talking a, 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 a dude at each level of your defense that you rely on. Run defense. You need that D tackle. Eating up blockers. And he's, he was maybe the most underrated player on the whole defense, Daquan Jones. Matt Milano's a star. I mean, all pro last year, part of your last draft class with the Buffalo Bills. And Tredavious White was starting to find himself again. And you saw, like, there are they are one injury away from disaster at cornerback. Because Dane Jackson's out, Kair Elam's in. You sure wish your first-round pick could play a lot better than that. He might as well have a big old bullseye on his jersey. So injuries, a huge part of it. Offensive identity. It took them a whole half of football to realize they're playing a New York Giants team that isn't as good as them. You're disjointed with your passing game. It's Allen and Diggs and not much else. Just run the ball. James Cook, Latavius Murray, just just bully ball. Just just run it down the field. And so that's where I'm at with this team. Like, there's, there's one loyal uh, listener, subscriber, reader. I'm not going to use his name because I really like this guy a lot. And we were DMing a little bit on, on X. And because uh, he was ripping me for being too hard on the team, for saying that the Buffalo Bills are lost in the woods. And uh, I was like, oh, man, look, this guy's he's a logical reader. Like, he's not a he doesn't have a broken brain and just see criticism and say, oh, he's a hater. He's biased. Like, no, he, he's a thinker. So we, we, we exchanged some messages. I told him like, yeah, they're lost in the woods, but like the way you get out, there is a way out of the woods. Like it's mid-October. This is when you kind of work through stuff. And what the Bills are working through right now with their passing game, 
it's 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 ugly. They don't really know how to use Dalton Kincaid. I love Gabe Davis, but they they're kind of hot and cold with him. Dawson Knox, you paid him all that money. Does he have 100 yards on the season? I don't even know. Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy are Christmas ornaments on the tree. You barely use them. Uh, run the ball. That's my thing. But just, just right now, that's something that works. James Cook is averaging almost five yards a carry. Latavius Murray found the fountain of youth. Just, just run the ball. And let Josh Allen be Josh Allen in crunch time like he was. The second half was beautiful, right? They ran it down their throat. Josh Allen made the throw to Quentin Morris. A throw, a throw, by the way, that I'm sure the coaches in front office, that's, that's what they told him not to do all off season, like to be careful. And maybe they were talking about his running and all that. But it is, it is a throw that probably drives coaches insane. That's what Josh Allen does. And I think that's a formula to get you through, by the way, a softer portion of your schedule here. So, yeah, I, I think they should be concerned. I think that these are issues that they're dealing with, but I think that there's a way out. Like, because guess what? When you when you're running the ball well now, if, if that becomes a real part of your offensive identity, and you can do different things as an offense, I loved Press Taylor's quote when we were chatting. He's like, "It's like the Bruce Lee, be water, like be, be fluid, be able to do different things." The Chiefs can do different things. They just hand it to Isaiah Pacheco when they have to. Patrick Mahomes is playing on one good leg last year in the playoffs. The Bills haven't had that element. They're a team that's built to win in a dome. For A, if every playoff game was in a dome, they'd probably love that. But they, they need to find a running game for that time of year. And you can't just snap your fingers in January and find it. Right? When the Cincinnati Bengals are punching you in the mouth, they couldn't just magically find a running game. Like you have to, it has to kind of happen this part of the season in middle, the middle of October against the Giants and against the Patriots and the Bucks. What a perfect time to find your running game. So that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not saying they need to dial the, dial the clock back to 1995 and get that uh, Thurman Thomas, Derek Holmes, Tim Tyndale rotation going. I'm just saying, like, it helps when you can run the football, and this is the time to do it. Teams are begging you to, it, and it's the answer to winning. So that's the solution. That's your GPS to get out of the woods. All right, I will shut the hell up. Let's let Jim Onis take over here. No, I like where you're going with that because you're, you're, you touched on something I want to bring up. I'm not concerned about the offense at all. I almost don't even want to talk about it. Um, Everything you brought up is valid, but that's all to me is what is part of the process, what's going on inside the building in every organization right now. This, these are the dog days. This is the fight. You're in it right now where you're realizing things you need to improve on. You're realizing where you may have misjudged personnel. Hey, we signed these guys. We're not getting use out of them. Why not? Is it time to start working? This is when you work all this out, Tyler. And I think the personnel is good on that side of the ball to figure it out. Like as far as they don't have holes personnel wise on the offense, it's off the charts right now where they're ranked in every category. They're middle of the pack. They're 16th in rushing yards per game. That's how they play right now. And I agree with you. You can't turn that on, but I'm going to give that time. I'm not worried about the offense. I have concerns on the defense. And I think you touched on the injuries for sure. We talked about this. The goal for the bills this season is get to the playoffs healthy. I think health is more important than home field. It's not even close right now. Health is everything. And once again, every team is battling that as well. But look at this with the Bills this year. Rushing yards a game on defense. They are 25th right now in the NFL. Now, if they were giving up what they gave up last year per game, they would be ranked 15th, middle of the pack. So it's not fatal flaw. This year, they're giving up serious yards on rushing the ball. Third down percentage, they're ranked 23rd on defense. They're not getting off the field on third downs. Yards per play, 22nd on defense. This is not, this is not, they this is not normal for them. What's crazy is they're fourth in points per play on defense, which is the number one stat for me on defense. That is how I remember Jim Johnson in Philadelphia talking about defense. He is okay with giving up yards. We're not giving up points. 
And when I look at this defense right now and those rankings, that third down defense and running game, that's a concern. How do you battle that with the injuries they have? And then you look at the AFC, number one rushing team in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. Well, Bills handled them. But we know one thing. There's two more games coming with Miami. And they're going to run the ball against Buffalo in those games coming up. Because that rank, when Buffalo, when they see Buffalo's 25th against the run, and they're number one, they're going to get a good dose of the run. Cleveland Browns, fourth-ranked rushing offense. Baltimore Ravens, fifth-ranked rushing offense. Kansas City Chiefs, 11th-ranked offense. How are the Bills going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs if they're the 11th-ranked offense? Like, it's the Bills and Chiefs, you know, it's this constant, it's every year battle. I'm just seeing that right now is where they need to really work on. Those are where we're going to pay attention to see if they can improve in those areas because I don't see how – I don't think that's the Bills' defense that Sean wants, giving up that type of running, you know, those types of yards. That's too low in comparison to where they want to be, I would think. Fantastic breakdown. It's uh, it's concerning because where are the solutions, right? Like, how do you fix it? How do you get better? Defensively. That's, well, let me just tell you where they are. Let's. That was the concern – now here's the number one. They're number one in sack percentage. They're getting after the quarterback. It's the ultimate thing in football. Nothing else matters. I'm, I'm to the point, Tyler. I'm telling you, you can't draft enough pass rushers. Mm-hmm. You can't. Even if you give up the run, which I get. I mean, you have to balance it. Can't be fatal flaw. But you have to get to these quarterbacks or it's over. Like you, you can't stop anybody. And I just feel like that's the only way to do it. And that's a great point on Miami because I feel like they just mashed Miami's offensive line. Like they just got after them, just dominated those one-on-one matchups. And what if I told mucked up everything Mike McDaniel was trying to do with the with the motions, with the disguising, with the window dressing? Like none of that stuff mattered because they're getting it to it. Like so, the next time they play. The Dolphins are, to your point, they're going to run the ball. Like they're just, they're going to come out with Mostert. They're going to come out with A-Chan. Whoever's back there and whoever, whoever. Try, try to beat them at the run. And it won't just be Miami, but that's the team, obviously, the Bills and the Chiefs can run the ball. So those are the teams that the Bills know they're they're going to be battling to get to the, that championship. What well, do you offensively, think? what's interesting right. to me, though, Jim, it's like with the running game, it's just it had such a peculiar relationship with the run it's so strange because they i give general manager brandon bean credit here when you his picks on both sides of the ball really a lot of they're them are playing. starting to look pretty damn good they're playing tyler they're Zach playing Moss is what second in the nfl in rushing <laughs> De- devin singletary is a player i don't really think he was a problem it's for the strange that they couldn't it's strange he's that... as a second round pick average in five a carry yeah yeah i mean moss and singletary had when moss and they had fumbling concerns but with Buffalo, both of them did, and that can drive you to another team. I mean, that can drive a team. Like, a team can get mm-hmm. tired of that. That can be – I don't know. I'm just guessing because, to your point, you drafted those guys. You you did right. You know, you should reward yourself. <laughs> I mean, I like the way Moss runs. I What's like the feeling, way. Jim, in the front office? Like, so, I just – I love the, 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 the dynamic, the front office and coaching staff on oh. any team. So – because we kind of see it in Carolina with, I mean, they, they get Bryce Young and then they're seeing how the coaches are using Bryce Young and it's like, oh man, don't like this. But if you're Brandon Bean, if you're in that front office, right, like Joe Shane was there and you, like, you, you draft Wyatt Teller <laughs> in the sixth round. He's one of the best guards in football and he's given away to the Cleveland Browns. I, I'd, I'd imagine probably Bean is having conversations with the coaching staff, and and a lot of this is kind of gut instinct more than like direct knowledge of the situation. But I'd imagine the coach is like, we can't work with this guy. Like, we just can't. We can't do it. His personality, the way he approaches it, he's he's a, he's wired a little differently. Why it's the first to say, like, go back and read our story on it if you have a chance. Why it tellers why we love football, but. 
<laughs> probably people in the front office are hearing that and it's like, all right, all right, guys, let's get, salvage what we can for him. And you move on from a guy like that. They move on from a guy like Zach Moss for Naeem Hines, who has the crazy jet ski incident. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he could have given the Bills this year. I think he would have been a factor. Um, but it's it's got to be frustrating in a, in a front office. So, what? yeah, what's it like in that chair? When you, you draft a guy, right, and then you see him do something for another team, it's got to be the worst. It – I'll get, it's funny you say that. I was talking to um, Mark Ross the other night, who's done the show, works for NFL Network, and used to work in the NFL for the Giants, Eagles. I started with him. And our very my very first draft as an area scout in the Northeast, um, as the Eagles Northeast area scout, we drafted Brian Westbrook. Um, now, I'm not, I'm saying that was, you know, Mark talked, that was all Mark Ross and did an amazing job. That was, I was just, I was happy to learn at that point, like, that was the best college football player I think I still have ever seen. But in the seventh round of that draft, we took a defensive end named Raheem Brock. And I can remember we were about a week from training camp and Mark called me and said, man, you're not going to believe this, but we weren't able to reach a deal with Raheem Brock, a seventh round pick. Uh, Joe Banner was the money guy at the time. And for some reason, I don't know what it was. They, they, they didn't want to take whatever the Eagles were offering Raheem's camp didn't like, which I've never heard of with a seventh round selection. You can go ahead and look up his career after the call, after we get done with the pod, but about a 10 year career and just a tough, consistent Indianapolis Colt pass rusher, um, right in the played it from Philly played at temple. And we took him in the seventh round and uh-huh. you ask what it's like. I'm still talking about it. Like it was yesterday. <laughs> That was probably that might have been what I don't even want to know, 2002, probably 2002 draft. That's my anyway. All right, so there's your question. And the other thing about that, it makes me not ever want to be in the NFL again. Those debates, the the coaches and front office thing is it's real. It's real. And if you like, we talk about if you can get the structure right. It's a great thing because, man, when it's not, it's not a fun day to go to work. What was Rex Ryan like in those conversations? Rex was good because I will say this with Rex, and, and we're the same way. Rex will admit when he he'll, he'll admit he'll admit when he's wrong, and he'll admit when he you know he'll let you know when he's right. But that's a lot of guys. I thought Rex was a great evaluator. He had passion about it. You know, he brought in. He had his favorites. We disagreed on. You know, that uh, the, the IK defensive end, the guy punched him. IK, Adam Polly. Yes. I mean, I never thought he was – we didn't really want him. But, you know, hey, that was a guy Rex knew would go to – you know, had his back and would do everything he wanted on the defense. And if that's going to help us win, hey, I'm all for it. But I never thought the guy could pass rush. I thought he was just a bowling ball, tough guy. I'll never forget being at Pittsburgh Pub, throwing a few beers back with Matt Fairburn, Mike Rodak, whoever was there for training camp. And we just Rex and Doug Whaley, they were there. Like, and it, it's not a, really a big bar. It's like the only, you know, sports bar in Pittsburgh training camp. But they were having a conversation, like, off to the side that night in training camp. And we were sitting there thinking, like, something's going down here. <laughs> the Bills are doing something. And it was the next morning. It was announced. I can and Polly, fresh off socking Geno Smith in the jaw, is going to become a Buffalo Bill. <sighs> Yeah, it's I, tough. I mean, no, I, nobody's record is perfect. There's oh, going to no. be hits. There's going to oh, be misses. Oh, as far as draft picks and, and all that, it's that's every team, every player on every roster. There's somebody in that building knows who is responsible for that player, <laughs> good or bad. I promise you. I mean, you can name a player, and I could be like, coaches, front office. I talk about the Saints, our seventh round, the greatest seventh round debate I've ever seen. And I keep, we're doing a lot. Sean Trell? Yeah. No, with the Saints, when we had Marcus, we were debating between Marcus Colston in the seventh round and Miles Austin from Monmouth College and and Colston's from Hofstra. So it's like Monmouth and Hofstra were the Saints coaches. I'll give them credit. They love Colston. The scouts were more Miles Austin. Hey, good for the Saints. All worked out for us. 
how involved would Drew Brees be? No, in these discussions, unless the unless Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton were talking to him behind the scenes, never in my involvement. He was never involved, which I think says a lot. Which is how it should be, right? Yeah, it you, should. You be. get the sense that Aaron Rodgers oh, over that. the last five six years has increasingly needed to have a say to the point of <laughs> wanting to take it ownership. Is he, is, he William. is he playing this week? Man. Did I miss something? Is he, is he playing? You know what's funny? It's like wherever you stand on the stuff he's saying on McAfee, I don't even want to bring it up, but like, so he probably had, he's got this contract with McAfee. So he's going to be on there every week and he's, it's got to be interesting and a conversation starter. It's got to be something that ESPN and SI and name your main street outlet is just going to pick up and throw on their Instagram. So I think Aaron's smart like that. He's like, well, we're not playing football. So I need to just start talking about vaccines and Travis Kelsey and Pfizer and all this. Like he just kind of knows I got to talk about this stuff to stay in the news. I got to be relevant. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I can't just go on there and talk about our defense. That's not enough. People, nobody wants to hear me break down the scheme. So he's achieving the mission, I suppose. And of course, we hear all the reports. It's a miraculous recovery, Jim. I, I don't know if you heard that, but oh no, that's what that's I'm talking all, about. That's I, another headline. I think he's playing. Do you I, really? I, I Do you think we'll it. see him? I, I hope not. I can't take it right now. You know, I will. You know, I'll say though, I, we haven't done a pod in a couple of weeks, but I I know I had talked about that. I didn't know how the Jets could keep putting Zach Wilson out there. Got to give him credit. Because they're still doing it. And I'm going to tell you, it still holds your breath every freaking play. And he's still not making it look easy. But you got to give him credit for fighting. The team's fighting. The Jets, the defense we've talked about forever. That's real. They were calculated and and gone after Rodgers. They were, they were calculated in that. Like, they would have been making a move. I was skeptical. But what I'm seeing, that receiver is better than I even knew. Garrett Wilson. Yeah. He's he is special, special. And if you could give them a running, if you could give Rogers a running game with that talented backs they have, they're they're 13th right now in the NFL in rushing. Jim, I gotta admit, I feel the same way. Honestly, I really thought that the Jets, even with Aaron Rodgers, would be a six or seven win team. Yeah, I thought it was that gimmick. defense is way better than I thought. Way better. That D line, it's worth. They just they did what we just talked about the defensive line. That's where it's it's at. It's all out there. They are dominant, nasty. Grace Huff. Yeah. They didn't have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. They just beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Get healthy. Embarrassed as Robert Sala said. Oh hey hey, those quarterbacks all if you he could back it up with numbers. Totally. So let's just finish up here on the Bills. Then, like, where does their season go from here? Yeah. What what's going to happen, Tyler? I think it's. Get as healthy as you can. It's still go. Everything's on course. It's a fight. This is this is the fight right now. Keep improving. Where can we get better? Like we talked about. And then, who are the teams that are are really the threats? Baltimore, obviously KC. Baltimore comes to mind right now because of that. That offense can run the ball. I mean, obviously with Lamar. I mean, I think that would give the Bills nightmare problems. But I think for the Bills, right on course. Just keep improving. And be as healthy as you can. They're going to be working in a lot of new guys. You're going to see it right now, like with these injuries. So these it's a chance for a lot of guys to step up, guys we may not have thought about. Right. I think that it it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for your offensive line to become something that really hasn't been the last seven years with Sean McDermott. And that's a nasty, tenacious, plain downhill crew where – Maybe you've had the players all along. You sure as hell had it in Wyatt Teller. And maybe you do have guys on your line from Deion Dawkins on the left side to Spencer Brown on the right who, when they're moving downhill, they can get after it. They can punch teams in the mouth. They can run the ball. And it's good to have that in your back pocket come January because they sure as hell would have loved to have had, had it against the Cincinnati Bengals last year, every year, right? And I mean, if, you, if you've got that, you might be able to dictate the terms when you want and go to the run when you want and always know that you've got, like, like you said, I'm not worried about Josh Allen. I'm not worried about Stefan Diggs. That's the best, arguably the best connection in football. So that's all, that's always going to be there, but there's no need to 
use it and abuse it in the middle of October when you can, when you can try to figure something out. So it's an opportunity to find their way out of the woods, Jim. Hey, Tyler, you could do what the great Bill Belichick did and just run the ball every play for one, you know, for a whole game <laughs> to get a little work, just to get a little work on your running game. Oh man, such a did that such really an embarrassing happen? night that was. Did oh. that really happen? It did happen because I bet on the Bills that night. I remember it. It did. Yeah, that was an immediate pod situation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because of the winds, the wind rainstorm. Wind game. All right, everyone. Thank Good you so back. much. Good to be back. We will have more for you at Go Long Columns, Profiles, Deep Dives on Teams, and of course, all the podcasts. This one right here, the Go Long Show with, if you're hearing for the first time or you're not quite sure who Jim is, you should always be reintroducing you, Jim. A scout with the Philadelphia Eagles, scout with the New Orleans Saints, director of personnel for the Buffalo Bills, and now the co-host of the Go Long Show and director of football ops at the XFL. Appreciate it, Tyler. Hey, hell of a dad. hey, humbled to be a part of your vision for Go Long. Um, and I know it's an anniversary for the book, and it's just good. Hey, it's good to be a part of this. I've been along the ride. Happy to contribute. You can add add Uber Lyft into my uh, introduction. Uber Lyft. That's on the he's not even going to rip one before he picks you up in your Lyft. I, right? That is just. Mm. <laughs> hey, mm. also, you're in Blood and Guts. You mentioned the book. Jim Onis makes an appearance in the Jimmy, Jimmy Graham chapter. So another reason to buy the Blood and Guts wherever books are sold on the one-year anniversary. I owe you dinner for that one, Tyler. I owe you dinner. I'm not going to turn it down. Also, we've got our QB uh, contest with Matt. I'm I'm scared to look. I may look into that tomorrow to see where I stand. I I don't know if it's good. I haven't either. I think think Matt's running away. I think so. Yeah. That's because he's in hockey now. He's not tied into this garbage. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. He's consumed with the (laughs) Sabres. Thanks so much, everyone.